Hi, I'm Big Nakuma. And I'm Audio Nerd64. And we are your gamer friends. We are your gamer friends. Gamer friends. I don't appreciate being faked out like that. I thought you were actually just going to do a... I don't know why you would think that I wouldn't. I, I'm tired of it. Oh, well, I don't care if you're tired of it. The people love it. Uh, just Sarah said that she loved it. <laughs> well, Sarah is a person, what and are, so the people love it. What are we talking about this week? We are talking about quite a bit. A lot Ooh, has happened. A lot has happened. In our defense, it's been almost three weeks. Google Stadia has been announced. Oh, my God. Apple Arcade has been announced. Oh, my God. No Man's Sky is getting a huge update, and Ooh. some of it is going to be in VR. Ooh. Iron Man is getting a VR game. Master Chief Collection is coming to PC. Sekiro, Game of the Year, has launched. EA is laying some people off. There was another big award show. And we've got some updates on Swim Sanity, including their feature on the Nindies. It was adorable. It was very cute. These past two weeks of Nerddom, we're talking Titans, <laughs> Wolverine, <laughs> Shazam, <laughs> the original Captain Marvel, and... We're getting into James Gunn. Ooh. I have a lot. Finally, on the home screen, we're talking Apex Legends. And I don't know if you know this, but The Division came out. Yeah, game of, game of the year. Game of the generation. Getting tired of, now. I'm, I'm, tired of now. Make, I'm tired of making the joke every week or every other week. Okay, before we get into the news, though, I want to address something that happened since our last episode that kind of involves video games, but kind of doesn't. It's more of a larger cultural conversation. Yeah. Um, there was a really deadly shooting at a mosque in New Zealand. Uh, part of the shooter's manifesto was an invocation of a meme that has gone around uh, not too, too long ago. We didn't really cover it on the show. But there was an effort to get people to unsubscribe from PewDiePie because he, oh, you know, just directs children to Nazis and uh, dresses up like a Nazi and says the N-word and all these other things. You know, accidentally, of course. They were heated gaming moments. Oh, oh, this is that guy. Got it. <laughs> I mean, they're all, to me, interchangeable at this oh, point. Oh, well, they're all interchangeable, but PewDiePie is probably the worst. And I would say the most dangerous because he actually is one of the more popular YouTubers, period. So if he were to get, like, deplatformed or, you know, somehow lose a lot of his subscribers, that would be a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so in response to this, a lot of YouTubers, including some really famous ones, like my favorite YouTuber, uh, video game reviewer, former, because I'm really pissed about this, um, Matt Pat over at Game Theory, they all, like, say, subscribe to PewDiePie. It's like a meme. Just, you know, subscribe to PewDiePie. They want you to, they're, they're explicitly telling you to go subscribe to him because they think that it's like some kind of attack on free speech or whatever to, you know, go after him in in that way. Ugh. I know, it's it's exhausting, and it's you know, a very rudimentary understanding of how the world works, but whatever. Um, all that to say, this shooter had that meme in his little diatribe. 
And so there was a lot of media attention about PewDiePie uh, during this controversy. He put out a statement saying that he unequivocally, you know, condemns these types of actions and he doesn't want them done in his name, et cetera. But, you know, it kind of happened and he invoked your name, dude. Like, you need to have a little bit... I don't know. It it seems obvious to me that someone who's been caught up in so many controversies would want to maybe go above and beyond this time. Um, <laughs> you underestimate white men. <laughs> that's that's very true. I mean, also he literally is like a fascist. Like it's well, not. Yeah. It, so <laughs> he definitely is not accidentally sending children to learn from Nazis. It's not an accident. Yeah. Um. So I think that this is just the the logical conclusion of fanning people like this into a frenzy. Mm. Um, And it's not just him that's doing it. You know, the president of the United fucking States is doing it. 2019 is really shaping up to be quite the year. Really a banner year for all years, putting 2018 to shame. We're not even a quarter of the way through that. I know. It's it's a huge mess. <sighs> anyway, we just wanted to address that off the top. Um, you know, fuck PewDiePie and unsubscribe from him. Ditto. <sighs> All right. So let's jump into something much lighter. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're very excited about it. I... I'm. He's saying I'm excited because I used capital nigga at the end of a lot of my show notes in this section. Very excited. Um, So, we're going to get into all of these new gaming things that came out. Most notably, Google Stadia and also Apple Arcade, as we said, actually just in the top of the show. I'm really with it today. I moved today. I'm very tired. But I want to preface this by saying that I actually think that Google is evil. Google is definitely evil. Google is an evil corporation. I I actually don't think I can participate in this product because I don't. Yeah. Isn't there like a movie or a TV show where like people are like playing a game and then they don't realize that they're like actually bombing people in real life? Isn't that like a Ender's game? Oh, is that what that is? Anyway, I never watched it. I just heard it. Whatever. So okay. well, that's a book. Oh, it's a book. Got made into a movie, but I can't believe you didn't <laughs> read Edgar's uh, game. No, I didn't. Oops. So I, I, I think that Google is is an evil company. Yes, for I'm sure. To be honest, uh, I think Amazon is also evil. Definitely, I think, definitely evil. I think Facebook is evil. Uh, One of less the bigger evil definitions of evil. Less evil in my hierarchy of evil. The top of the pyramid is Google and Amazon. Google's on. If you get that reference, you get that reference. Um, Facebook is the next tier. I would say Apple is on the bottom. Mm-hmm. There are some some players in between. They definitely do evil things, but they're, you know, the least aggressively evil, I think. Yes. And these evil companies are all getting into games. So we all know that, like, Amazon is doing Twitch. They want to do their own gaming thing at some point or whatever. But Google was like, hold my beer. Stadia is coming. Um, so we talked about Stadia's first iteration, Project Stream, um, which I never got into. But Nick, you did with Assassin's Creed. was like their little pilot. I did. What did you think? Well, it worked. It did work. And it was, you know, proof of concept. 
Yeah. I didn't spend much time in it at all. And I asked you to, and then you didn't. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I kept continuously forget. Well, then I had I had to like be in your account, and then I kept forgetting that I had to be in your account when I would like log on to do it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, bah, bah. well, the bottom line is that it actually does work, um, and it does seem really cool. Uh, I just I don't know the the extent to what. What they announced is so much more robust than what Project Stream was that, you know, it it bears repeating that they're super evil and you should consider that. Yeah. <laughs> but please jump into what it is. Yeah. So Project Stream basically allowed you to play a graphic-intensive AAA title game in a Chrome browser. And the importance of it being open on Chrome is that you could play it anywhere. And instead of like actually running the game on your system, you're just streaming it somewhere else, and then you're seeing it on your screen. And it was a what people are saying it was a great experience. So Google Stadia is like that on steroids. So some of some of the technical stuff first. Uh, Project Stream was just HD. I think it was was it thirty frames per second? I have no idea. Anyway, as a console scrub, I did not even. And I, I have no idea. That's fair. Uh, well, the big promise here, they're promising streams at 4K, 60 frames per second, HDR, and surround sound, if you have it. Which, to stream all that, is wild. Yeah, it seems wild. like a lot. It is a lot. And they are promising this 4K, this 60 frames per second, this HDR, this surround sound, all of it. Seamless. No lag, no sync problems at all. And Google is uniquely qualified to do this because they are using their existing infrastructure to run the whole thing. I don't know why that means that they're uniquely suited, but okay. So they were just like, you can search something in like half a, what's smaller than a millisecond. You know, they were like, in like a one hundredth of a millisecond, we can show you all your weird porn searches. So because of that, we have like all this computing power. We're going to run some games now. Uh, so what I thought was most interesting was how they're sort of positioning themselves. So they're like basically saying that this particular platform is going to be the way to connect the players, the streamers, and developers. Um, so what's a game you've been streaming a lot lately? Who you been watching? What have you been watching? Apex. <laughs> Apex? Yeah. So let's say... Give me another game, because Apex is free to play. It doesn't work here. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Division? The Division. Okay, you're watching The Division 2, right? On YouTube, because now <laughs> Twitch is dead. <laughs> in, in this fictional world that Google has created. Okay. Uh, and I, mean, I watch a lot of Division YouTubers. Well, this is different. I'm talking, like, streaming. Not like, this gun is trash. You know? I wonder if this is an elaborate ruse to like just get YouTube gaming back, which is not going <laughs> to come back. No, it's not. Maybe that's whatever. what this is all about. And T-Way, you're watching The Division, and you're like, oh, this looks like fun. I want to play it right now. The action will just show the fuck up, and it's like, you can play this game right now. Boom. Five seconds they're promising. And <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cute. Who cares? And I was like, oh, shit. No loading screens. You ain't got to download shit. None of that. And they were like, yeah. You don't have to download shit. No loading screens. Anthem is shaking. I mean, I'm I'm actually very interested to see how a game like Anthem would work on this because 
the loading screens are built in, you know? Oh, well, let me finish. <laughs> well, there's more. Well, this is kind of like a cultural thing for them. They're saying that being able to instantly get into a game reduces the friction between all of the hype of the game and then waiting for a 60 gigabyte download to go in and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Y'all are still kind of evil. <laughs> I I kind of don't even buy that argument. I mean, me neither. Like, there's a whole bunch of hype for Endgame, but, like, that's the point. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that are, like, I'm hyped for. I don't need instant gratification. And, like, I'm also not... I know to, like, pre-download and shit. So it's not it's not that big of a deal. But Also, I just don't think that there's a single person on the planet who's like, wow, I really have been itching to play this game. I want to play this game so bad, but because I have to download something, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, they don't exist as a person. I mean, I don't know. I feel like this sort of made a weird assumptions about how gamers currently operate, like console gamers currently and PC gamers currently operate. But right. Whatever. I have some thoughts about like accessibility and then we'll we'll get into that. Anyway, they then made an appeal to the devs that they were, you know, doing the conference for and basically were like, yo, you want multiple GPUs, we got that. You want better, more reliable multiplayer, we got that. They also touted perfect sync, which I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, the the project stream was was clean. It was. And I multiplayer just, though. How extensive was their testing on this stuff? And is it cross-platform? Yes. For me, there are just so many questions. They did say cross-platform. They there was like, you have to uh, we'll just have to link to the video because they were like, because of like our infrastructure and because they like gave some numbers and some actual examples and not just like because we're Google. But basically because they're Google, they can have like basically the best multiplayer experience ever. Uh, and then they basically also said that like devs have like all this unlimited computing power because it's Google and they're giant servers. So I don't know. It's a lot of big promises. It's a lot of spitting in the face of Microsoft, Sony, and Amazon specifically. I... I have some thoughts, but I've been talking a lot. What what say you, Big Nick? I don't know that it is anything that I would care to switch to. Right. And here's why. I can preload a game, and I can um, play it locally with my friends, or I can play it on the internet with my friends. And other than a few loading screens, it it really doesn't bother me. The instantaneousness of this is the selling point. And for me, I don't care that much about things being instantaneous when it comes to video games. Um, I think, I don't know, I'm way more excited for Microsoft's take on this They've already said that they're going to respond at E3. Um, <laughs> they were like, it's not no problem. It's not no problem. <laughs> yeah. Phil, <laughs> Phil was like, well, we're going to have a big E3. Uh, I'm very, I'm much more interested in what Microsoft Live, what's it, what's the service called? Xbox Live? Gold. Yeah. Xbox Live. I'm, I'm much more excited about like what Xbox Live looks like with a system like this than the Google infrastructure. Because part of what I don't quite get how it's going to work is, is there a party 
infrastructure? Like, if I'm playing with other people on this, how do I talk to them? Yeah, they very much were like, this, I felt, was very much like for the devs and for streamers. Not so much for like, I'm just playing a game or I want to play these multiplayer games that are apparently going to be amazing now. And what do I do there? That's why I find it weird that they announced it at GDC. I don't understand. Like, the the product is for gamers to consume. And I understand why you would want to talk to devs about how everything works. And I'm on board with talking to devs about how to make games, obviously. <laughs> but announcing a new product at GDC just seems really interesting to me. I don't know. I feel like... I mean, they are Google, and I'm sure if Google went to E3 and was like, look, E3, y'all are struggling. Give us an hour and a half to talk our shit. They probably would have done it, <laughs> to be honest. If I was running E3, I'd be like, Google, you can talk for a day. You want to sponsor a day? Take a day. But I don't know. I They were just like, all this, computer pa- all this computing power is going to be so great for y'all, like, they were just like, the sky is literally the limit. You could literally do whatever the fuck you want because you could just keep at It's unlimited. There's no, the limit does not exist. So I, I get the appeal to game developers first. Because look, if game developers don't take advantage of all these GPUs that could just keep infinitely adding on, then Stadia is nothing special. I... Here, I just don't think that CD is anything special anyway. <laughs> to begin with, it's trash. <laughs> the reason why I say that is not because it wouldn't be revolutionary. If we didn't already think that PlayStation and, and Microsoft were about to announce their own stuff. Yeah. Like, why would I do this on a Google system when I could just do it with the same console that I've been on? Even if the new console is just a vehicle for doing all this other stuff, Stadia doesn't also serve as my Blu-ray player and doesn't, you know, let me play a bunch of different apps and stuff like that. Blu-ray? And I understand why, because they're saying, like, you could play Odyssey on your phone. Like, cool, great. In whatever situation where I want to be doing that, (laughs) I I guess I can take advantage of it. But, you know, that depends on what the pricing is. And I bet this is going to be a monthly subscription type model and not something that you just play, that you just pay flat for, plus the cost of the games themselves. I'm just not quite sure what the advantage is over a console-based system or why I would want to... if I'm not getting the games for free, I don't want to pay you for the privilege of playing them faster. But yeah, it's like in this weird spot between like a Netflix and like an actual console. And I I just, I don't know. The paying for things per month market is just saturated right now. Oh my God. I've I don't have the budget for any more monthly services. I I have to spend at least hundreds of dollars on all the subscriptions I have. It's I want to go back to cable. <laughs> take, take me back. Take me back to the nineties. I'll go to Blockbuster. I'll go to Blockbuster. It's I mean, crazy. I'm not ready to wow. say all that. I certainly would <laughs> I certainly am contributing less than I would otherwise be for cable for all the stuff that I have, but I, I don't want to be paying for anything else. And 
what they're offering is really, really cool. But until it's ubiquitous, I can't see how it's just not going to become another PC versus console thing. And what I mean by that Mm. is that PC players talk all this shit about how amazing their games look and all that other kind of stuff and how console is lagging behind, etc. I think it just serves to further exacerbate the stratification between like PC and console folks. Mm. If this type of technology is not available on consoles and you have to use a specific service to do it, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure how that's cross-platform. You know, if 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 the PC and Stadia folks are able to do things faster and get places faster than console, then how is it on equal footing enough to actually be cross-platform? And if it's not, if that's not the issue, then it either means that console is about to catch up or that they have to lower their own standards in order to meet the consoles where they are. In which case, what advantage do you really have? Mm, think about that. It's like the the games that have to cap their FPS at 30 frames per second on Xbox One X because not doing it would mean that it would be broken on Xbox One. Like, in some ways, in certain situations, it hasn't mattered that I have a One X because I'm not really going to be getting anything better than what I could be getting on the Xbox One because of how the developers approach the issue of the gap between them. And this, to me, is just creating another one of those gaps. And, you know, maybe I'll change my tune when we hear what Microsoft and Sony are up to. But for right now, I remain skeptical. Um, we've already talked about them being evil, and I've just talked about why I'm not quite sure that this is groundbreaking, um, or at the very least not going to be like the savior <laughs> of of streaming for games. The third reason is actually much more directly political and and ecological. Bitcoin, we already know, has had a measurable impact on the environment because of how much server capacity is dedicated to Bitcoin mine to Bitcoin mining. What is this going to do to the environment if everyone is essentially gaming via the cloud and using a shit ton of server power to do that. Like what is, what kind of energy are they using to offset what must be an enormous strain on the electrical grid wherever the farm is set up? To be streaming a fuck ton of instances of AAA games does not sound uh, eco-friendly, but Maybe they might have a solution. They're Google. That doesn't. No, I know. <laughs> it doesn't know. mean anything to me. I know. I would. I'm. I'm, I'm being facetious. Okay. I would like to actually hear what a solution is. Yeah. But um, not. I, mm, I do think this could be good for the industry in a couple ways. I do think that accessibility is really important. I think it's great that Netflix exists because people who don't have traditional access to theaters can like watch films for like a mostly accessible price. Hold on. Right. Let me challenge you on this. If you think that people who are not able to access movie theaters are able to use Netflix, where do you think they're getting the internet from? There could be a theater in internet or no theater in internet. Like, I feel rural like people, broadband is a huge problem. They're yeah. still on dial-up 
in That's true. most rural areas. I mean, I know it's not perfect, but I feel like I feel like a lot of directors, like especially like Ava DuVernay, was like, "This is important," you know, for people who can't go to theaters. Yeah. So I would imagine that you know being able to play like it could potentially like open the door for more people to access games, which I think is a good thing. Um, as long as they have a stable, good internet connection. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the caveat. But maybe Google will just go into, you know, like poor neighborhoods and set up something, you know, like some good fiber optic cables, maybe call the project Google Fiber and then just like leave after year after ruining their town. I don't know. That could hmm. be hmm. something that they might do. Yeah. Google's evil. Um <laughs> You know, think about that when you're thinking about Stadia. Think about the fact that there are other companies who are working on the same thing and that, you All know, companies are evil. Don't forget that. Yeah, that's true. They're all evil. Probably this is going to be ubiquitous and across the board in a few years anyway. So yeah. it's, you know, it's glitz and glam for right now. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be eating crow. Maybe. Maybe Google will become the new, like, hub and we'll all just be slaves. I just thought of one other thing that could be a positive thing for the industry. I think it's interesting that this platform specifically is like an all-in-one play stream develop and is sort of like offering things to developers and streamers that, you know, Microsoft doesn't because like Mixer isn't, you know, yeah. it's just it's Twitch except not Twitch. Uh, so maybe that I feel like this, if anything, will be like, you know, a Bernie Sanders moment where, you know, Bernie Sanders puts up a trans flag in front of his office, fresh out of the packaging. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris does it a yeah. few days later. You know, just sub out yeah. Kamala, Microsoft. You know, here we are. Um, trans folks were not happy about that. That flag, not steamed, not... Like, they literally just opened it up right there. Also, the bigger issue is that, you know, she put a lot of them in jail. Well, well Bernie, yes. Kamala... Look, we don't salt and pepper. That's all I have to say about her. Salt and pepper. <laughs> Apple Arcade. I want to move on. Okay. Uh, so what I think is interesting about Apple's new thing that they did not price, that they did not tell us what's really going to be on it or how many, whatever. Uh, they're really promising content. Yeah. Where I feel like Stadia is like the platform. You know, Apple Arcade is basically actually Netflix for games, yes. but they're all mobile games. So, you know, not to knock mobile games, but it's a little bit different than providing a bunch of AAA games for free or for streaming. Yeah. So maybe not as intense as Google Stadia. But the games that they did showcase, look, they definitely looked like, they looked hefty, you know? It wasn't like, this isn't Candy Crush. This is like people working on yeah. like big narrative things just on like a quote-unquote smaller platform. Right. I I did feel a type of way about um, sort of like, one of the developers was like, you know, we're not making games with guns and violence and no one wants to play those. No one gives a platform to that. So this is why we have to come to Apple. I think that is like such a bullshit thing to say. <laughs> like, there are so many, like, we're always like, yay, Nintendo Nindies, or like, yay, look at all this cool, like, indie stuff that EA is funding that we get to play. I don't know. I I think that's a little unfair. I don't think Apple's going to be our indie savior. There's already plenty of people doing that. Yeah, I I don't, I just don't care about those types of arguments. Like, whatever. This was annoying. I'm just like, you're a dev. Apple isn't 
saving you. I'm sure so. Apple will be happy to have games with guns and <laughs> any type of game <laughs> that can be on Apple Arcade. <laughs> yeah. It was, was a little nuts. I was just like, oh, here we go. Um, that aside, the other thing I think that Apple is really promising with these games is privacy. Ding, 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 ding. It was all over that entire weird-ass event thing where they didn't really announce much of anything that was coming out soon. I was kind of confused. But, like, Google was shaking. They can't promise. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, at all. Apple's like, look, you can play your little games. We're not going to share the data. And Google's like, you are watching this on YouTube. We're sharing your data right now. We don't give a fuck that's part of the concern like i don't know it's a little creepy to know that they're watching every single thing that you do and i know that they already are but there's just something about google doing it that i don't like that giving google access to the information is kind of what i don't like like. yeah it's like here welcome to this another part of my life google right you already couldn't tell that i watch all the this is that and the third game on youtube why don't you see how i play and blah blah and you know it's right it's a lot in the division, they were counting how many doors were closed on cars and stuff like that. Clearly, they're paying attention to, you know, metrics. And we've seen things from Bungie in the past where they were doing heat maps of uh, crucible competitions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the data is there. It's just, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable with Google having it. And I feel very comfortable with Apple. I know that that maybe sounds crazy, but they like went to court over a terrorist iPhone and prevented the government from getting into it and then found out the government hacked them and patched it. They're they're <laughs> patch. they're like ready to protect your privacy and I know that maybe that's just a wink and they're actually logging it and doing evil things with it. But, you know, we know Google's doing that. And so I, I feel much less comfortable with them. Yeah, I agree. It's actually one of the one of the main reasons why I still won't go back to Android, although their cameras are better. Okay, well, that's not true. I mean, have you seen the Pixel's camera? I don't know. When did the Pixel come out? Oh, my God. Wow. This is... Unnes- okay. It's shade. <laughs> it's, uh, not, <laughs> it's not shade. I just shade. don't know. <laughs> um... I don't know. This looks cute. I I think it's it might encourage me to start playing more mobile games. Depends on the price, which we don't know. And yeah. when is it coming out? We don't know. So like, actually, there's not really much I can say about Apple Arcade. Yeah. Uh, looks cute, but we just don't know shit. So there's that. That's kind of how I feel about the next two items on our list: um, <laughs> No Man's Sky and Iron Man getting new content um, for the PlayStation VR platform. Um, did you see the trailer for it? <sighs> Nick. <laughs> I don't love VR games. <laughs> no, literally, <laughs> there is like maybe a collective five seconds of actual gameplay in a like 60 minute, 60 second trailer. I couldn't. Didn't, I didn't watch the whole thing because I, like I said, I just. <laughs> if you didn't watch the whole thing, you didn't see any VR. It's literally like two moments where it's like, shoot your arm out. <laughs> Here's your arm. You see your arm? Your arm is right in front of your face. It looks like it. It looks like garbage. I saw it in a GIF and it. 
am not excited about it at all. I honestly just want to, like, give EA Iron Man, because at least with that, they couldn't possibly fuck that up. <laughs> yeah, well, they can just turn Anthem into Iron Man. Let's turn Anthem into Iron Man. We're already making Iron Man in all of our, is it, you know, our little... Uh, what do you? What are the anthem suits called? Fuck, I forgot. Javelins. Javelins. Heesh. That was. That was. That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for Bioware. I would. I <laughs> would <me. laughs> just give them the franchise and say, "Hey, scrap Anthem and make a single player game with the same mechanics as the Ranger." And that's all you have. There you go. <laughs> just just do that, and you know we'll have the Hulkbuster in there, and so you can keep the the Colossus little skin. Um, get rid of the storm. Get rid of the what's the other one called? The the fast one. <laughs> Fuck the interceptor. Interceptor. This is bad. We haven't played in so it's been like maybe a month. I, I don't feel game. bad at all. I mean, no. The community is still in turmoil. The last time we recorded, we like kind of made fun of how Wait. there's still shit going on and and nothing has changed. There's basically been like uh like someone like charted out how the community has been and everyone has <laughs> lost hope at this point. Like it's it's bad. Don't go on Reddit. You will Yeah, it's very be depressed. There. It's sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Anyway, No Man's um, Sky in VR intrigues me. I'm not intrigued by anything in VR, and that's why I I'm similarly not that thrilled about this. I'm much more interested in the fact that a year after the big debacle and, you know, months after it launched on Xbox to kind of like, okay, reviews, um, they're announcing like a ton of content, like the most content they've dropped for the game since launch. Um, ah, the Sea of Thieves model. I yeah, see. the Sea of Thieves model. Uh, you know, it's 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 intriguing to me. People say that the game is fixed and that you know it's it's pretty good now. I don't know that it's gonna fit into my lifestyle now because I have the division, <laughs> I have Apex. You know, I I just don't know when I'll have time. Yeah, maybe it'll be. I mean, I'm interested. I have to see what it looks like in VR first, but I'm I'm, def- I'm intrigued. Sounds like it looks like a fun time, but that's why that's my that's my hot take. Yeah, lukewarm take. But you know, if you're not thrilled with the VR, like we're not thrilled with the VR, you know, check out the other new content that's coming. I don't know when it's coming. I think they just announced it. They didn't say exactly when it is, or maybe they did, and I don't know what it is. Sad because VR has such a long way to go. So next up, Sekiro. Shadows die a lot because the game is really hard. They died twice. <laughs> they died twice. Uh, came out to rave reviews. Everyone is fucking loving it. And I wish I had time in my life to try to attempt to play it. As soon as I heard that it was harder than Dark Souls and Bloodborne, I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> Not even in for the challenge. No, I, I, what? I don't have time. I'm just well past spending hours and hours running my head into a wall, not being able to beat something. It's just, I I don't have that in my vocabulary anymore as a gamer. I can't do it. I don't know. I kind of just want to try it. There's it, something about like a hard game or like games that I suck at that really just invite me to play them more, which is maybe the point. Hmm. But this is a game that I'm going to watch. I will find a great YouTube. I'll take my time. I'll preview a bunch of oh, this is my first time, let's play, Sekiro, like, I'll audition several different people, (laughs) and I'll settle on one that I really like, and I will watch them play the game. And that's that's as far as I'm going to get. 
Did you guys know someone speed ran it and I think clocked in at either just under or just over an hour? What? Yeah, already. I, I'm actually shocked. I didn't think that there would have been enough time for people to have beaten the game like on the second or third time, let alone speed run it. Speed ran it. Maybe it's not so hard. <laughs> Maybe. I hear it's like one of the more accessible ones. I I actually didn't hear it was as it was harder than those games. I heard it was like in that sort of difficulty level, but was a little bit more accessible of the bunch. I've heard it was more accessible because it's a it's different, and mm. some of the old school souls and Bloodborne people are kind of annoyed that it's different and find it harder than the other games, and that's part of what's contributing to this whole it's harder narrative. Oh. Um. However, <laughs> even it just being as hard as Bloodborne or Dark Souls for me is enough to know that mm. I just won't. If it's too hard like that, I just won't have fun. That's fair. The That's division fair. is the perfect amount of hard. It's really hard. I die all the time, <laughs> but it's so fun and it's so rewarding and it's never so bad that I ever want to like rage quit, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's the difference between something like that and something like Sekiro. That's fair. All right, let's move on to the next thing. EA, they laid off what was about 300 folks. What was the number? Yeah, this time, uh, definitely in the marketing and and communications departments, um, not any of the core devs or anything. Still very sad. Um really frustrating knowing that they, you know, just came off of making so much money. I I find it really disgusting that we keep having this conversation. We keep having to come back to this. And, you know, what else can you say but get a fucking union? You know, like, force them to share some of their obscene profits. If only. I don't know. It's It's... It's interesting this is happening in this particular time. I really feel like the the industry is ripe for unionization. And, you know, if you saw the GDC, this is another one of our items, and so I'll just jump into it now. Um, you know, the Game Developers Conference happened. They have awards there. Uh, the same games won all the same stuff. So God of War, of course, won God of, won Game of the Year. Um, however, the whole ceremony was rife with talk about unionization. Like, <laughs> they're like, we'll give you game of the year, God of War, but <laughs> we know. There was a part of the show where they literally kind of made a joke about unions and spoke negatively of them. It was very tongue in cheek, though, because the point was, oh, the show wouldn't happen without the, the show wouldn't happen without unions because all of our stage hands and stuff like that are all unionized. And so they ended up being like a big round of applause for unions. Hmm. Um, And it was clearly pointed and they're trying to get everyone in that room to think about it and to talk about fixing their shit. And I think that's very exciting. I think it's a really, really exciting time. Um, And I I know that there's got to be a company that's like working on it. And I'm just waiting to hear who the first studio is going to be. Who is going to be the first studio to unionize? Maybe they'll all unite at the same time. And it'll be like a union. Like Hollywood? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it's a little different in how that functions. But well, I mean, that is kind of how it happened. That would be really cool. Probs not. It's probably going to be long, drawn out. 
difficult yeah. processes for our, all the workers involved. But hey, condolences to you. You got to fight the good fight. <laughs> Speaking of fighting good fights, some historical fights, some classic fights. Halo Master Chief Collection is finally coming to PC. It is. I've heard a bunch of people be like, oh, yeah, you know, I got to redownload that game. I got to I gotta get back into that. Um, and Reach is coming out. So oh, that's right. now that Reach is coming out, people are really jazzed about playing Halo again. You know, I I played, I started Halo 4 and played it for like 15 minutes and was like, wow, this I mean, Halo 4 up. is not great. No, but it like didn't hold up in like, not in like, ugh, the story sucks or ugh, the gameplay sucks. I was like, oh, the graphics, uh, everything kind of like, like, ugh. It's like I'm transported back in time, but not in a good way. Like, I don't know if I would play, like, the original Halo and be like, uh, this is garbage now. I can't do it. You know? I totally understand. We've talked on the show before about me playing old games and being like, "Eh." (laughs) I I don't know. The nostalgia kicked in. Yeah. Um, I really liked the Master Chief Collection because of all of the remastered cutscenes and just being able to revisit the game without having to do all the backwards compatibility bullshit. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I'm happy it's coming to PC. I don't think it's an accident that it's coming to PC. Uh, I think there's going to be a big announcement. Um, part of the E3 announcement, I'm betting, is that Halo Infinite is going to be a launch title for whatever this new console slash streaming hybrid thing is going to be. <laughs> I'm just expecting that it will work seamlessly with PCs, and that's part of why they've been kind of building this bridge for so long. Mm. I think Microsoft has has been setting the groundwork for a lot of different things, and we'll see the fruits of that begin to sprout at E3. I feel like Microsoft is going to single-handedly save E3 from itself. At this point, it's just Microsoft's conference. (laughs) It's just like, and it's just us. Because hey. Ubisoft pairs with them for most of their titles, and so it's yeah. kind of like Microsoft and friends. Yeah, which is fine with me. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Ubisoft conference last year was the best one. So that's right. I forgot you. Yeah, you got a lot of I'm yeah. a Ubisoft fanboy. You are. I mean, Division Two game of the year, game of the generation, game of my generation, our children's generation, my ancestors' generation. I was thinking console generation, but I do agree that like my children Jeez. will probably be playing the division two. Like when they when we talk about classic video games that came Sus. out when they were, you know, before they were born, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, and the division two. James Luther Shooter Genre. Oh my <laughs> last up. Swim Sanity. Oh. Got a big old feature with Nintendo's Nindy Showcase. Woo! Shouts out. Congrats, y'all. It was also their official announcement that they're coming to Switch. Oh, d- yes. <laughs> yes. Bearing the lead a bit of it. I know Bearing I am. Bearing the lead a little bit, but very excited that everyone else knows now. Uh, Swim Sanity coming to Switch. That might be where I get Swim Sanity. That is the place, I think, to get Swim Sanity. I think it's the perfect Switch game. Yes. Like, you know, and we have four controllers. We do have four there. controllers. We have a lot of friends who play... Uh, a lot of different games on the Switch with us. We so. have Switch rooms in our Discord, so it's like <laughs> all do. set up, ready to fucking play some sanity. Um, Beautiful. All right. All right, let's get into these past two weeks in Nerd. Dumb. Wow. It's really only cute when I do it. 
I'm tired and upset that you said that. So we're going to skip a lot of Marvel stuff because we just released a bonus episode and we talked a lot about it. Yeah, so like... You, know, you should go listen to that. You should go listen to that. Only after you see Captain Marvel. Though, Only please. after you see Captain Marvel. You'll be spoiled. You will be spoiled AF. Um, but before we get into anything else, let's just wrap up the Marvel talk. You know, these past two weeks in Marvel. James Gunn returning as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. The first Marvel Cinematic Universe director to complete their trilogy. Shit, you're right. This James Gunn thing really just proves that white people fail upwards. But this man failed upwards in a way that I have yet to see. He gets fired by Disney by those totally inappropriate tweets that that we know Disney knew about before. So, because he was already on the record apologizing for the. Yeah. So, whatever. (laughs) He gets fired. Then Warner Brothers is like, yo, we don't give a damn. Our movies suck. Zach can't shut up about Batman. (laughs) We, we fire, he's gone. We don't know what to do. You want to come reboot a whole franchise? Why don't you reboot the worst one, Suicide Squad? Hmm. James Gunn was like, hell yeah, let me tell everybody. So he replaced his Guardians 3 check with a Suicide Squad check. Right? Okay. Now Disney is like, oh, we're going to hire you back. I. He was supposed to not make any money. He made money off of the tweets. He made money <sighs> off of the tweets. I don't know that he made money off of these tweets. Essentially, he made money off the tweets. He exponentially failed upwards. It was like a logarithmic curve just up. He like shot right up. I I cannot believe that he got fired from something and gained it back and then some. We had a long discussion about this when it first happened. He what? I kind of fell in the middle on this one. I don't agree. I don't think the... I, I don't back think he to, should have gotten fired in the first place. Coming back to it weeks later, coming back to it months later, I agree. He should not have been fired in the first place. I do understand your point about failing upwards. Like, it it definitely is a thing that happens. But he's failing back into what he lost, and he earned that. So, I don't know. I don't. I don't I'm think still that he very mad about it. <sighs> he if may- anything, I'm just happy that that it's gonna happen still and happen properly. Because I don't know. I was worried about losing Dave Batista. I was worried about losing uh, a few of the other folks who were threatening to kind of you know phone it in. I guess with Guardians, um, I didn't want to lose the franchise and. The man did give a very sincere and heartfelt apology, not just when it was first uncovered, but also the second time. Like, he followed a pretty good rubric for how to deal with these types of accusations. He kind of just took it on the chin. He didn't call for, you know, anyone to go to court over a witch hunt or anything like that. Like, he kind of just took it. He did. I agree. I'm just saying... 
I think that is. I, I just think it's wild that he. Just, it is. It, I just. I. I have. This is. It is a failing upwardness I've yet to see in my life, and it's just is wild to me. Yeah, it's. I, <laughs> I wonder what it was that they were like. Okay, we can bring him back. Probably because everyone was going to leave, which I highly <sighs> doubt that the Disney contracts would have allowed them to do. They were just going to phone it in. And Disney was like, look, we got too many pots, hands in the in the media pots right now. We can't afford this. Yeah. Y'all are going to act. James Gunn was on the record talking about bringing in Adam Warlock, talking about bringing in um, Nova. They're making a movie... Uh, called The Eternals, which we discussed in the bonus episode. Like, there's a lot of cosmic stuff that's going to be going on in the MCU, and James Gunn is kind of the cosmic guy. Yeah, I thought he was going to basically be the Kevin Feige of the cosmic arm of the MCU. Like, it was going to be his whole ass domain. Well, it seems like that is going to be what they do now, because they brought him back. They brought him back. That's cool. I mean... Cosmic Marvel, there's like a lot of really interesting shit up in space, other than Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm, you know, there is also a, I gotta say I'm a little worried about it. Well, I guess we'll see after Endgame. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're gonna. They're introducing some really, really powerful people, <laughs> and I'm, I, I worry about the Superman problem. Mm, that's fair. Anyway. Speaking of the complete opposite, DC. Oh, I was going to talk about the opposite of Superman. Oh, Wolverine. Oh yeah, we weren't done with the Marvel stuff, were we? No, we weren't. <laughs> oh my god! New season. Yes. Of the Wolverine podcast, they're titling it. It's dropped like today, right? I think it dropped on Stitcher. First. I think they're doing the Stitcher thing first. Yeah, if you yeah, pay for yeah. Stitcher Premium, but why would you? Which I don't. Uh, <laughs> so we'll just wait until fall for it to come out for all of us peons for free. Which is what I did uh, for the first season. And incidentally, I literally just finished it like two weeks ago. I'm so far behind. I think I have to start over from the beginning because I don't even remember what the fuck I listened to. It's so good. I the know. The twist is so good. The so the good. summary is so good. And it actually, at the end of it, feels like the whole thing was just a giant setup for Wolverine. And that season two is actually going to be some Wolverine shit. Mm. Um, I won't say anything more because you haven't listened to it. But I think we should talk about it once you do finish it. And I would encourage you to take the time to do that because do like it's a whole, really good. Maybe a bonus episode. Well, look at that. We just dropped a bonus, promising more bonuses. It's because I feel like there's not a lot of good fiction out there, especially not when it comes to superheroes. Really? Um, like comic books? Yeah. Or I mean like, the, <laughs> no, no, I mean like <laughs> in the podcasting realm. Got it, got it. Ugh, in the audio only <laughs> realm. Ugh. Okay. Nick, geez. <laughs> um, or especially not like something as big budget as like Marvel being like, here, here's a Wolverine podcast. And I'm actually kind of surprised to see it being picked up for a season two. I didn't know if it did numbers because it was, you know, under Stitcher. So we didn't know. I mean, but apparently it did for them to be like, you're in season two. Have fun. For a while there, some of the episodes had the LeVar Burton ad read in there. That couldn't have been cheap. Oh, yeah. LeVar Burton. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
So go make some money. I am LeVar Burden. I <laughs> and I am here to read to you. I feel like that was hella disrespectful, and I feel like <laughs> black people are gonna be really upset when they hear that. And I'm not editing it out. I want you to get dragged. Oh, I love LeVar Burton. I know, but that but read his cadence was... sometimes. <laughs> Just, oh no! Please stop, sir. This uh, is a Wendy's. <laughs> all right, on to inferior DC. <sighs> I didn't continue watching Titans. It's hmm. too... What? The wig scared me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's just dark. I just needed a break. So I've been watching Living Single. Because apparently <laughs> my coworkers are a little older than me. So I as a middle millennial. I don't think I'm a young millennial. You What's are the, a young millennial. Oh, I'm a young millennial? Okay. Yes. As a young millennial, I didn't watch Living Single. So now I'm watching it on Hulu. A um, lot of joy. So much fun. I tried to pick up. Uh, oh, I picked up Love, Death, and Robots. I, I'm going to finish it before I share my thoughts here. Because mm-hmm. I think it very much falls in nerdery. And I think people are saying a lot of meh things about it on the internet that I don't fully agree with. Hmm. But I, it's like one of those things where like, it's like Yeezus. Like I need to finish it and think about it for a moment. Yeah, I did that with Yeezus and then I ended up throwing it in the trash. So, Yeah, I still have my copy. Hmm. I think the latest good Passable kind of album. Um, I also started Future Man, which I didn't know was basically predicated on a video game. Yes. And a really bad, long-running joke about herpes. Okay. <sighs> I don't think I could take Josh Hutchison as a serious actor ever. He just plays the role too perfectly. You know? Well, it's too bad for him. Anywho. Anyway, I, I needed I needed some lighter fare. To, so I'm going to have to jump back into Titans when I'm emotionally ready. Okay. So you are going to finish it. Because I last I heard you were not going to finish it. No, I'm going to finish it. I hmm. well, Obviously, my trial is gone. So like I'm paying for DC Universe now. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to watch that. And I'm going to watch... Uh, what's the other show? Young Justice. Get that done with, too. Ooh, let me know when you watch that. Will do. Will do. Uh, I'm not going to see Shazam until... I can watch it on Apple TV or a DVD. I'm not going to theater to see it. I don't know why you've, you're you putting your foot down about this. I just, I don't know if I care, man. You know? I hear it's a lot of fun. I hear people are like, this is what DC needed. And, you know, and blah. I guess I'm just like so, I think I would be more invested in DC as a whole if they weren't like, here's a universe. And now the universe is completely falling apart because yeah. Warner Brothers um, definitely hard to care. I just like don't. It's kind of like for Venom for me. Like I still haven't seen it. I'll but like you know let's go buy on Apple TV. I'll watch it. <laughs> Shazam comes out. We'll buy on Apple TV. I'll watch it. I'll sit there eat some popcorn and watch it. But I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna sit there to see that. I'm, I'm gonna watch Aquaman. So well, yeah, I'll, I'll watch Aquaman on the Apple TV when it comes out, or on FX when they eventually have it on or HBO. True. Because they will. Because, you know, I have to I have to be particular about my movie tickets because they're expensive as fuck, okay? They are very expensive in New York. Still waiting on Infinity War Part 2, Endgame. <laughs> 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 I just can't say Endgame for some reason. No, you really are like, we're not, we're not doing it's it. It's Infinity War Part 2. Um, and 
tickets are still not on sale. My, I heard the rumor is April 2nd. I also heard that rumor and I will be right in early to Fandango. Dress. 7 a.m. April 2nd. Just like waiting. Um, so we'll see. It's like, this is what, it's like I tried to get Beyonce tickets once and didn't get them. And I was like, wow, this is so much stress to not get these tickets. And like, obviously I'm with Endgame tickets. Like, what? That's, you know, this game ticket. That's not Beyonce. But. The real challenge is whether or not we can get those 4D tickets. <laughs> I feel like we have to buy all, like, the the next showing, like, the right then and there. We have to buy, like, I want to see this movie, like, three times. I have to buy all three sets of tickets in the same, <laughs> or else I'm not going to see it. Um, okay, I think that's enough. I think you have some music to drop before we talk about, um, I don't know, Game of My Life? Ugh. Game of a Lifetime? Here we go. Game of a Generation? Okay, so I don't think it's a secret that I'm going to be doing a lot of the talking when we talk about The Division. Mm. Um, So let's talk about Apex Legends first, because I think that's the only thing that both of us have played other than Division. Uh, Yeah, nope, that is the only thing I played. So So what are your thoughts on the Battle Pass? Uh, What are your thoughts on Octane? I'm not good enough, I don't think, to really, you know, Hmm. uh, benefit from the Battle Pass. Hmm. So probably not going to buy it. Um, but we'll see. I have I can literally buy it up to the last day, right? Yeah. Like, you know. We'll see we'll see what, what rewards I earn. I just haven't been playing a lot because school. Um, and I'm also not good. So I don't Do you have Octane? No. I ain't paying for him. <laughs> so he, he look, he's a lot of he's a lot of fun. He seems really joyous. Everyone loves him. Yes. He seems to be the life of the party right now. So Apex released a new legend, mm-hmm. and his name is Octane, and he's got some cool abilities. Namely, he is fast as hell. We should talk about his backstory, because I think it's also very cool. Octane is the first legend with a physical disability. Uh, he doesn't have any legs. His legs are metallic, and he blew them off in order to win a race so that he could attach rockets to his legs. Um, very interesting way of... Uh, becoming a really awesome disabled character. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, is that it's uh, someone in Titanfall 2, and the player was like, oh, let me just use these grenades to like zip across this race and get the record, and he did. And now they made a character after him. I oh, I didn't so realize cute. it was like Titanfall 2 lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, I don't, does that count as lore if a player does it? That's the thing. It's like someone, it was actual player. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's how they got the idea. Yeah. Actual Titanfall 2 player was getting a map done and used grenades to propel himself through the map. And that's where they got the inspiration for the character. That's very interesting. So yeah, he's super dope. Um, he seems to be Latinx of some kind. Um, so that's another box that they've checked there. 
I just I I love the game. I love the legends. I've had a blast playing Octane. I'm kind of letting other people play him now because I've managed to get all of the um, achievements related to damage and wins and stuff like that um, for him. So or with him, uh, I'll say. So you know, I've been kind of giving uh, giving him up to other people, but. It's it's really a blast having him on the team, playing as him. Uh, I would I don't know I would I would maybe spend your Apex coins on him. Uh, I don't make enough Apex coins. I have to buy them. I see. You know how I feel about spending money. It all went away with Anthem. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> no Did refunds. You spend a lot of money on Anthem. <laughs> oh well. Um. So let's get to the star of the show. Um, the star of all of our shows. Oh, my God. I think this game has the potential to not just change the looter shooter genre, but really change the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about game of the year, game of the generation, The Division 2. <laughs> I say it facetiously, but I do think it's going to be my game of the year. I, oh my god, I love it so much. Well, let me humor you then. Why do you think it's going to be your game of the year? That was my Lavar Burton cadence, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Here's the thing: there is not much about the game that I would change. There's very little about it that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, there are very few design choices that I would make differently. So I want to structure this in terms of two big pieces. Number one, what they've done with the base game, and then number two, what they've done with the end game. So let me give what I think is maybe the highest piece of praise that I have for this title. You will earn $60 worth of entertainment out of just the base game. Ooh. If you clear the map and you do everything that's offered to you, not only will you not 100% the game because you have to play the end game in order to hit everything, but it will take you, I don't know, like 15, 20 hours minimum. Like you can rush through the game faster than that if you want, but if you take your time with it, this is like a 20 hour, 25 hour campaign. And it is phenomenal from beginning to end. Brings a tear to my eye. I feel like we don't say that too many times about campaigns, especially campaigns with multiplayer in them. Yeah, because it seems like for so long, especially in the looter shooter genre, but also generally speaking, it's been okay for devs to ship half-finished or incomplete games. This is a complete game. There are some problems with it that need to be addressed and changed and patched, etc., but not to the extent of like Anthem, for instance, where the whole fucking game is broken and it's not very good and you feel like you wasted your money and time. Like even if you don't play any of the end game, I think that $60 is a fair price for the experience. Okay. Um that's all we ask for in our games, right? Yeah, it's going to make us pay $60. It's a pretty low bar. And yes. <laughs> the division vaults over it, Beautiful. which is great. Um, so the story has not changed very much from the first one in that there's not much of one. 
Uh, you can do the missions still in virtually any order. They do try and force you to do certain things um, at the end in a certain order so that you're getting, um, you know, the 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 type of progression that they want you to get. Um and that's just in the the base game still where they kind of funnel you into doing certain things, but it's really the end game that shines in terms of how they structure the content. So at the end of the game, your map gets invaded by a new faction and all of the missions and all the strongholds become infested with that new faction. And so you basically have to play the game over again to unlock what they're calling world tiers. So once you hit level 30 and you complete all the base game objectives, you go into world tier one. And then once you complete two of the invaded missions and one of the strongholds, which is what they're calling just a super long, like, you know, hour long mission, basically, um, you complete two invaded missions in a stronghold, an invaded stronghold, and then you advance to the next world tier. There's five world tiers total. The fifth one is launching on April 5th. And so, you know, I'll have more to say in the next episode about how that's shaping up and everything. Um, but so far, they kind of force you into a grind where they increase the uh, gear score that you have to hit in order to access new content, and then you have to complete that new content before you can access the next round of new content. And the way that they've kind of been gatekeeping it has not been punitive. You can do it at exactly your pace, which has been a problem with like Destiny and other leader shooters where they force you to do things at their pace. You can do things at your own pace and get rewarded for them. Hmm. Every single thing that you do in the game, whether it's the base game or the end game, is going to be a rewarding activity that will increase your power in some way. I haven't felt like that in years. It's it's really <laughs> amazing how like it's such a bare bones expectation being met is like getting praised in this way, but it's the first time that a game like this has not shipped broken in what, like four or five iterations of the genre? I mean, the bar is literally in hell. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really gotten a chance to dig into it as much, but it seems like a lot of the, especially the end game, is a hell of a lot more organized this time around. Yes. You're not kind of like flailing around like, what do I do? It's not a secret what you should be doing. The mm -hmm. game tells you what you should be doing, and um, you can still do it in any order that you want, but it it explicitly gives you a path forward. And that goes into not just, you know, the missions themselves that you do in the end game, but also the activities. So mm -hmm. part of the core game is that there are control points around the city where allies and civilians have set up camp basically to control a choke point or to control a source of water or to control a source of food. Because in this version of the division, you still collect water and food and canned goods and things like that, like you did in the division one. But instead of giving buffs to yourself by drinking water or eating a can of food or whatever, you give them to allies and civilians out in the field to restock these supply points to make them less vulnerable to attack. Got it. So in the end game, these control points are swapping hands all the time. The game is dynamically going on while you're even logged out. And so you can't just clear the map and keep it clear at this point in the game. 
you are constantly going to be fighting to retake the same ground over and over again, which is kind of the nature of how they've set up this endgame. So in order to get a control point captured, you have options. You can just go willy-nilly and attack it, and it's what's called a level one checkpoint, and you'll get some rewards. Or you can do one of the nearby open-world activities and turn that level one control point into a level two control point. Or if there are multiple open-world activities attached to that control point, you can get a control point up to level four. And level four control points are some of the hardest content in the whole game right now. It's incredibly difficult, but if you can do it, it's also incredibly rewarding. So you're kind of building up your own rewards by playing the game. Mm -hmm. If you do these side activities, you make this other side activity much more engaging, much more difficult, and you get a lot more rewards for it. They've also built in a clan system where, you know, we've got 25 or so people in the clan. If you're playing the Division 2 and you want to join our clan, feel free. It's public. It's open. Bones of feet, of course. And... You know, we got a weekly cash award, and we never thought that we would at first because it's 72 million experience across the whole clan. <laughs> and we really, like, by the skin of our teeth got it. But we're have, we have so many people online now that we're already halfway to the weekly cash for this week, and the week just reset. So the more you play, the more you get rewarded, and the more rewards you get, the more incentive you have to play. It's just the perfect loop. I love it so, so much. I have a lot more to say about it, but we actually are working on getting a special guest in to talk with us about The Division. Um, and so when we do that, we'll have a much more robust discussion, and the end game will be a little more fleshed out um, in the meantime. So I'll kind of leave it there for now. Um, but I will say, if you... We're on the fence about The Division 2. You shouldn't be. You should 100% go get it. And it's so much different than the first one um, in such subtle ways that I really want to emphasize if you were not a huge fan of The First Division, I strongly encourage you to go watch Skillup's review of The Division 2. He's doing a review in two parts. The first part is up. The second part is all about the endgame, basically, and he said that he wants to play it some more before he releases his review. The review itself is glowing. It says everything that I'm thinking about the game um, in a really well-articulated fashion. His arguments are coherent and cohesive. He talks about the history of not just the genre, but also Tom Clancy games in general. Like, it's a really great review. So we'll link it in the show notes. I would encourage you to watch it. If you're on the fence about it or you're a Division One player who's kind of unsure, uh, I know that the missteps that they made in the Division One turned a lot of people off. This is not Destiny 2. This is not even Destiny 2 Forsaken. This is like the culmination of all of the knowledge of the leader shooter genre packed into one game. And except for a few shortcomings, it really is, I think, as close to perfection as we've seen. And I cannot stop thinking about it, can't stop playing about it. And as you can tell, I can't stop talking about it. So I will shut up and save it for the next episode. Uh, but I'm so loving this game and really wishing that Cedric would stop being lazy and get on and play with me. 
<laughs> Do you want to take my? He's not being lazy at all. Oh. I <laughs> just just poking fun at him. He's very busy right now. Um, so yeah, it'll happen. It will happen. I don't doubt that it'll happen. This is a pretty light week coming up for me. So well, you know what? It's time to dive in. It took Jack a little while to get hooked, but he's obsessed now. Good for him. Maybe we can get Tim to start playing too. No, I'm kidding. That's never gonna happen. Yeah, he. <laughs> he Tim hates. You know, it's funny when you were. I'll just say this quickly. I'll expand on this next time. But I am. I think I fall into the the division one was like okay for me. Like I ended up enjoying it, but like it was kind of a hard sell for me at first. Um, And even like the end game stuff, I thought was very inaccessible to me. I'm already just within like the first few parts of the campaign more engaged and enjoying it more and. you know, I think it's leagues ahead of division of the first division. Yeah. As far as like how accessible it is. Yeah. And not even like accessible in like a way that's like easy, which isn't bad, but like right. it's it's just more fun to play and like easier to navigate and like understand what the fuck was going on. I think that's so. a good point. I, I think um it approaches the end game as like the obvious next thing you would do and not just something for the elite players, but it doesn't right. make the end game any less engaging for the elite players. It's more like you also can be an elite player. You just have to do these things. Go be an elite player. Yeah. So love it. Thank you, Ubisoft. Thank you, Massive. I I have nothing but good things to say about the division too. Yeah, apparently this episode was sponsored by all them niggas. I wish. <laughs> Could you imagine? I would be happy to be the spokesperson for the division too. <laughs> I would love it. Well, uh Esco Blades probably has something to say about that. I don't know who that is. He's one of Ubisoft's uh, community managers. Hmm. Well, all right. I think that was a show. I also think that was a show. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you like the show, tell a gamer friend. Tell two gamer friends. Follow us, Twitter and Instagram at GamerFriendsPod. We promise we'll use it more. We'll promise we'll use it more. Um, and yeah, we will see y'all in a week because... We're going to be back on schedule. We're going to get back on schedule. We're going to get it back. All right. Deuces. Deuces.